Now we'll start recording. All right. Money, money, money. Money. Welcome back to The Off-Five. It's the podcast where two new friends talk about The Office. Can't stop watching The Office. Here we go. We're watching The Office and we're on season four. Keep watching it and we keep podcasting about it. We can't stop and neither can you. Hopefully you can't stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of presumptuous. Okay. Well, my name's Nathan. I'm Addie. And we're recording together in the same room. That is incorrect. We are actually in different states. False. It feels like we're in the same room because we've got our headphones on. (laughs) That's right. Whenever I have headphones on, I feel like I'm in the same room as Interpol or, you know, Bob Dylan from like the late 60s. (laughs) Interpol or Bob Dylan. That's it. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about season four. We're going to call it episode four. We're also going to call it money. Money. So money that we don't even know it's money, but it is so money. It's the money beats. And, you know, I was thinking if this episode, which is basically two episodes, were split up, the second one would be called money, not the first one. The first one would be called uh, nighttime or irrigation (laughs) because because it's things the other two plots happen overnight. We'll get to it. We will. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We really are. So this is came out on October 18th, 2007. That's right. And our first segment is something we like to call Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Oh, this is going to be tricky now with the delay, but let's try it. Okay. In the episode. Jan. Now living with Michael. Forces costly changes in Michael's life. This causes Michael to worry about his financial situation. To remedy the problem. Michael leaves work early for a late night job as a telemarketer until 1 a.m. When Ryan finds out, he forces Michael to quit. Who then fears that there is no way in which he can support Jan and himself. (laughs) He hops a train to run away. But Jan meets him and tells him that they can work together to find a way to live. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Dwight pines over Angela. Who is later asked out by Andy. After a pep talk by Jim, Dwight returns as his normal annoying self <laughs> to Jim's pleasure. <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> Pam and Jim finished Dwight's family farm, which he has fashioned into a B&B. Okay, so that was like a entire nursery rhyme. <laughs> Excuse me, agritourism is much more than a B&B. <laughs> I know. It's an A-B&B. That's, that's so offensive. Yeah. You know, nowadays he would just put that on Airbnb and he'd probably, or VRBO, and he'd be having a lot more success. Yeah, he wouldn't have to worry about TripAdvisor. For the agro-tourism industry. So agro. (laughs) Moving on to? To, well, you know, we don't usually mention who wrote and directed these, but this time it was both by Paul Lieberstein. So I thought we should mention it because it's the first time he directed an episode. Oh, really? That was good. I love, you know, that I love episodes when they're out of the office. I don't know why. I don't know why either, but you always do it. I think it takes like a certain uh, director to get it right. And he definitely did in this situation. Toby, I think that maybe you just wish the office was a different show that didn't (laughs) take place in an office. (laughs) 
No, I don't think that that is true. I mean, we have mentioned in the past that the reason that people like the show so much is because it takes place in the same, like, comfortable setting. But I don't know. Like, I know that setting so well. I love to see, um, you know, other other parts of the characters' lives. Like Vikram. We would never know about Vikram. Yeah. We, uh, he was a surgeon back home. And also very well known for Vikram yoga. Is that, did he invent that? No. Good for him. It's weird because Jan didn't go, but he wasn't even there. <laughs> I just didn't, okay. <laughs> so there's another thing that's a trivia thing. And it says that Shroot Farms is on TripAdvisor, but I'm not finding it. Is TripAdvisor still a thing? Apparently. I didn't have to go to Internet Archive Wayback Machine to find it. Shroot Farms tour. Shroot Farms? Guten Tag. Yeah, I did hear that mm. someone actually thought it was a real place, and they got mad that they couldn't book a room. Oh, really? Yeah. Who? Some TripAdvisor user. Someone who advises about trips. Well, anyway, yeah. it might be on there. Maybe it's not. Who cares anyway? But apparently at one point you could find it and then Jim and Pam, J and P2, had a review. And uh, and it was the review that they write in the thing. Oh, So let's do a segment called Kevin's Chilies where we talk about the things that are referenced in this episode because there's a lot of them. There's a ton. And we should say we're going to split up this episode into two parts because it is so long again. Yes, that's right. Sorry I concur. <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Hashtag. Yeah. So what do you have some references uh, in addition to TripAdvisor, which we just mentioned? Um, PowerPoint. 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 It's a, it's a, uh, uh, what do you, it's software? Uh-huh. <laughs> Where <Yep>. you can <laughs> presentation software. Uh, yeah. Microsoft <laughs> Office. Uh, I, you ever used PowerPoint before? Yeah, I did a PowerPoint. Actually, it was really good. Um, it was all animated, so I didn't even have to click any buttons. And it was about the Anasazi um, native culture in like New Mexico. Oh, yeah. Um, I just in, like, made a video grade. for... Oh, I, I used PowerPoint, but I also just made a video for our YouTube thing. And, and it felt like I was making a fancy PowerPoint. <laughs> it looks so good. You should check it out. Everyone who's listening. Yeah, it'll be out by the time this is posted. Check out our video that Nathan made. Yeah, it's for the episode The Dundies. Some really embarrassing photos of us. Oh, yeah. Full of them. Um, So here's another thing that's referenced is uh, Portia. Portia de Rossi? No, Portia de Carzi. (laughs) Portia de Carzi. I didn't... Oh, yeah... I know what you're talking about. Jan made them put trade both their vehicles in for a Porsche. Porsche. Yeah, that's uh, not a good thing to do, especially when you're drunk. So here's some people that are referenced. Meryl Streep. Oh, yeah. Queen Meryl. The um, greatest the, actress of our generation. The Devil Wears Prada. And Suzanne Summers. Remember when he says he might be dating Suzanne Summers and having an affair? Yeah. Or something? Who who's Suzanne Summers? Uh she was on Three's Company and I don't know how oh. old she was when this episode came up, but now she's seventy three years old. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a that's a deep cut, Michael Scott. 
Yeah. So subtract 12 to 13 years. So we're looking at about 60. Uh, oh, man. And also, she's... what a weird choice. Just like frozen in time reference there. Yeah. I, I guess he's kind of into that like plastic looking um, woman <laughs> at this stage in his plastic life. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It looks cute. And because people were saying, why do you have a second job? And he said, maybe I don't have a second job. Maybe I'm having an affair with Suzanne Summers. And then, <laughs> but he said he had a second job already. Wouldn't that be better if he was just had a second job than if he was having an affair with Suzanne Summers? Well, Suzanne Summers could probably take care of a lot of your financial needs. Though. That's true. That's Those true. Three's company's residuals or whatever. <laughs> they do run a lot of reruns, so. What else we got? Million Dollar Baby. That's yep, a throwback. Million Dollar Baby. You've seen that one? Yeah, definitely. Um, Hillary Swank's breakout role. How many bags of popcorn do you give it? I would give it five bags of popcorn, and I would throw in a punching bag. So actually six <laughs> bags <laughs> in total. Well, the scale only goes to five bags, so I'm going to give it five bags of popcorn as well. But I am going to throw in a little tiny respirator. To keep you alive. <laughs> I need that right now too. <laughs> did you you did see that movie though? Yeah. Spoilers for that movie, but it is so shocking to me when she like <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's a it's pretty horrible. it's a pretty intense movie, yeah. Um it's one of what's his name's best performances. What's his Clint name? Eastwood? Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Ugh. Not he a directed fan. it. No. But he he directed it too, I think. And oh like, really? Or maybe it was a book, but yeah, he de he definitely directed it. Um, okay, and what about what about Die Hard and Die Hard Four, aka Live Free or Die Hard? <laughs> you have any ratings on those? Never seen them. They sound like they seem like Addy movies to me. <laughs> yeah, when you heard him talking about it, you're like, wow, Addy talks about Die Hard all the time. She knows the whole movie. She keeps quoting it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say that Die Hard is one of the best action movies ever made and then Die Hard 4 is kind of an embarrassment um, and it's not really what Die Hard's about I'm going to give them both five bags of popcorn anyway okay I'll I'll go ahead and second that because I trust your opinion <laughs> great and then Devil Wears Prada we'll talk about that soon but just it's five bags too <laughs> and Netflix he gets his movie sent to the office and that's that right. was that's what I was doing when, around that time. Yeah, that's when Netflix was sending DVDs in the mail, and you could only get like two or three at a time, depending on how much you wanted to pay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I only had one at a time, and it took me like a whole year to watch The Sopranos. <laughs> it's like two episodes per disc. <laughs> um, oh no! There's some songs in this episode as well. Oh yeah, um, one is a recorder rendition of you give love a bad name <laughs> yep poor dwight uh by bon jovi oh bon jovi and there's another one that's uh kind of referenced where michael's trying to sing runaway train by tom petty and the heartbreakers <laughs> but not really nailing the lyrics or the melody <laughs> i didn't even know sure that's, that's what he's going for runaway train on a one-way track or something like that wrong way yeah and it's like got some of the right words in there so i'm pretty sure that's what it was meant to be something about a train um, and then we got the best of the muppet show on dvd oh yeah how much was that 159 on amazon that's steep 
Yeah, that is a, a lot. Steep. That was in the scary Just, black column of things that no one ever, ever needs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Harry Potter book. Oh, yeah. Never read it. And uh, would you prefer if Dwight would read it to you before you go to bed? <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't? And last thing is there's a reference to Terry's Diner. It's just a big flyer that's, for some reason, it's like their takeout menu. It's right behind Daryl when he's doing his talking heads. Oh, did you look it up? Terry's Diner? I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Do you think it's Stanley's wife? <laughs> Maybe. She owns that. All could, right, I'll look it up right now. Classier than a... Um, a diner lady. Oh, there's there's Terry's Diner not too far from here. Um, there's one in, it's a 1950s style diner. In Scranton. Um, yeah. So, or actually it's in Moosick. Oh yeah, Moosick, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Oh, it, looks, it, it looks really bad. Moosick. It's right off. Oh, it's a plug um, for them. It's right off Brittany Avenue. Yeah, sponsor us, Terry's Diner. <laughs> And uh, and there's a couple German words in there. Guten Tag. Auf Wiedersehen. And Auf Wiedersehen means until we meet again. And Guten Tag, when I looked it up, said it means hello, but it clearly means good day. Yeah. It's Gut, just a, it's guten. a greeting. Yeah. But it would be like Guten would be good and then dog would be day, right? Yeah. Or like if, if your dog did a good trick, you'd be like, oh, it's a Guten Dog. <laughs> you know? You say that to Gambit. Yeah. I said, you're a Guten Day. That's what I say. <laughs> and then there's a couple references to hotels. Beats Hotel. Oh, mm. wait. Actually, no. That's a TV show, right? Bates Motel. Uh, the Bates Motel. Yeah, it was, you know, like uh, psycho related. Yeah. And then Embassy Beats and Radish Inn. Embassy Suites and the Radisson. <laughs> Thanks. And Steve. I love Radish Inn because it's like, it's like, it's like an inn. Yeah. But then it also sounds like Radisson, the whole thing. I know. So it's, like it's really good. Layer. It's a double layer. How is she doing it? Pun. Yeah. How is she doing it? It's good. Jim's like, how did you doing this? And she's like a team of writers, including BJ Novak and Vinny <laughs> Kaling. <laughs> <laughs> they really set me up for success on this one. <laughs> and actually everything I say. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Including this. Including this, too. And this. <laughs> And why do they why did they call themselves out in the script? Why can't I stop myself from talking? Oh no, it's it's getting into the stranger than fiction realm. Oh, we just rewatched that movie. It's a crazy yeah. movie. Let's close the book on Kevin's chilies. How about that? Close the doors and lock them. Or how about we just put the lid on so it doesn't spill everywhere? Oh, that's right. It's a chili as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Air airtight. Okay. Um, and let's talk about fashion show, fashion show, fashion show. At Get me Armani. <laughs> oh, oh like I forgot a, about that. Like a suit? Get, get him yeah. on the phone. <laughs> Is Armani a person still? He's still alive? I think so. Yeah, I think he's really old now. Giorgio, Giorgio, Armani. Oh, wow. Wow, that's only a company since 1975. So, yeah. Wow. He's been... Wow. Here is this is this fashion? Jan's wearing like a blue tell me if I'm getting this wrong. A blue velour tracksuit over scrubs. Is that seem about right? Oh my gosh. Well the velour um blue tracksuit was correct, but I don't know if she's wearing it over scrubs. What velour is right? Yeah, it's like a juicy couture velour tracksuit. <laughs> but it's not not juicy or couture. It might be 
Juicy Couture. Blue. Oh, but it doesn't say juicy on the butt. Yeah, that's true. Wow, you know about fashion. Thank you. I've been learning from the best. (laughs) Who, me? Oh, okay. I was like, I don't think it's me. No, I don't Wikipedia any of that. As as (laughs) I think it's evident by everything I say. (laughs) Just learning it from you over time. Um, it's basically a camisole is what I, is what I thought. <laughs> camisole. Oh no. Um, I like Nick Figaro's outfit. It's like a white button up shirt with way too many buttons undone. Yeah. And then it top it all off with a gold chain. Yeah. Gold chains, chest hair, classic. Go all um, gold, everything. Did you catch this one? Mose is wearing like an orange and green 90s camo long sleeve shirt that has a big Jurassic Park logo on the front. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. That's good. When they're reading the the bedtime story. That's his pajamas. Yeah. Oh, speaking of pajamas, uh, Angela apparently wears a, a sleeping cardigan. <laughs> yeah, and Pam just wears a little camisole. <laughs> oh, that's a camisole. <laughs> The camisole is a camisole? Yeah. I don't know about that. I, you know, for short, we call them camis. Cami. A cami. Did you know that? Yeah. You think you told me that too. Um, but here's another thing. Michael Scott, Vikram, Dwight, and Ryan are all wearing trench coats this episode. Really? Wow. That was an astute observation. Thank you. Well, Ryan's wearing like a kind of stylish black one. Like maybe it's just like an overcoat, you know, heavier. But the other three are wearing like detective thin beige like trench coats that you don't really see people wear that often. It's weird that they all do. Yeah, that is weird. That's not like in fashion, I feel like for this time of year. So the trench coat, if I understand correctly, the whole purpose would be to cover up a whole suit. Like if you weren't wearing a suit, you would never wear a trench coat. Yeah, or it's to look more like a detective, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But even then, you need like a suit with a suit jacket underneath, or it, it doesn't look right. You can wear like a t-shirt. Or like oh, just a long I see shirt. what you're saying. It's like the overcoat layer. Yeah, and and like in a place where the weather's worse than it is uh, where I am anyway. Yeah, like Scranton, Pennsylvania in October. Yeah, exactly. Or like L.A., where you are when you're pretending that you're in Scranton. And then they're like, you'd be wearing a trench coat. Get one out of the old MGM warehouse. <laughs> here's another one. Just put this on. And here's a fedora. I don't need a fedora. Uh, see? See? Uh, anything else for fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch? No, I don't have anything else for that. Just Figaro. Um, well, how about this? How about we do crack open a cold open where we talk both about the cold open of the episode, but also the drinks that we've cracked open recently. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with the drink. What are, you, what are you drinking? Are you drinking anything? Oh, yeah. I'm drinking an, a crush. And it, I thought it was from Colorado, but guess what? It's from Oregon. It's uh, apricot sour crush, 10 barrel brewing. It, it's just... Budweiser's so like they make it in Fort Collins but they could also make it wherever they have an Anheuser-Busch brewery oh, are you serious so the ones there are made in Fort Collins this one's made in Bend Oregon I think so I think they just make them wherever 
The but, ten barrel? Oh my yeah. gosh! Wow! 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 Now I what feel- a sellout you are. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> but that's a good beer. I mean, at least I mean, the cucumber one is. Yeah, the cucumber one is good, and the apricot one is really good too. Wait, no, I haven't tried it, no- but I will. Ten Barrel Brewing is not owned by Budweiser. What? Are you sure? Well, shit. Oh, I put in they who did. owns they ten, and it analyzed, and it, it auto completed to Anheuser Busch, and then it finished the sentence who owns Ten Barrel Brewing. Are I you- only put in who owns ten, and oh, I could have been putting in who owns right. ten goats. You're right. Oh my god, no, they did sell thought- it in 2015. I thought you knew that. Maybe I did. Maybe I blocked it out because I like the beer a lot. Yeah. Anyway, what are you drinking? Oh, you know me. Just a uh, green label uh, Evan. What it, what's it called? Evan Williams or the Kirkland Signature Whiskey. A green label Evan Williams Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey with Stars and Stripes Diet Cola. <laughs> <laughs> that probably. It's funny that you say, oh, you know me, because. Uh, that probably would have been a like top three like guesses mm-hmm. if I were to guess. To the listeners who don't know, this is our first podcast that we're recording in separate states, so we actually don't know what the other person is drinking. Yep. We should we should like give each other clues. Oh, okay. Maybe that could be a, a fun thing to do in the future. Yeah, except people don't really well, maybe care that not. much. Yeah, people, it's true. Don't, people don't even like this segment. They want yeah. us to cut it down, not not up like we are. <laughs> cut it up. Cut it up. <laughs> Let's talk okay. about the cold open, though. Yeah. Um, the cold open was hilarious. I love it. <laughs> I know. It's really good. Um, this is like something that I quote a lot. I love when Michael references pop culture because mm. it's just like anything that he does. It's just a little bit off the mark and then you think oh he's gonna he's learning a lesson (laughs) and then you're like oh just kidding (laughs) he's not that's right um especially with the devil is prada such a good movie so so this is the one where michael starts yelling at pam and telling her to get him a steak and armani on the phone and throws throwing his coat yeah yeah and the devil wears prada is probably in my top 10, maybe my top five movies, which is movies I love to watch. And I read or listened to the audiobook of The Dollar's Prada, and it's just as good. It's, it's, I think it's one of the best film adaptations of a book. It's a great book and it's a great movie. And so I obviously adore this cold open so much. Yeah. What do you think about Anne Hathaway? In that movie or in general? In general. I don't know, really. She was good in... I don't can't think of that many movies she's in except for The Dark Knight Rises and that one, but she's great in that one. A lot of people don't like her. Why not? Th- no one has reason. Because her mouth is too big? No, her like... Her mouth is too big. They think that she's too, like, boring. No, no, no. I know. I agree. Thank you. Thanks for confirming. Um, yeah. yeah, it's she's a good, good cold open. And then he starts to watch... Um, well... Pam is able to guess what he's watching based on um, <laughs> his kind of messed up line. What does he say about uh, Million Dollar uh, Baby? What's best for you, Malush, Malkushla or something? <laughs> it's wrong. but <laughs> She still gets it, which is pretty good. Yeah. I love her response when Michael says, 
um, get me Armani. She's like, do you want like the main customer line? Because yeah, but he he goes too far. He also does like the I'm so much better than you. And <laughs> you're not going to Paris, which is a big part of that plot. So this is, I think, a, a problem with Devil Wears Prada, the perception of it. I, I get the impression that people think it's like a chick flick because it stars primarily female and, and some gay male characters. But it's not a chick flick. It's not like a romantic movie. It's a really good movie about a part of society that you probably don't know very much about, especially if you're the type of person to think that's a movie is a chick flick. So I recommend you see it. It's not it's not a it's not like a romantic movie. Yeah. And it's Meryl Streep, for God's sakes. Add it to your repertoire. You can quote it's a, it. Yeah, she is amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's so good. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I was thinking that this thing Michael's doing, getting his Netflix and watching it in small bits, also good for him because you think things are pretty slow, but it obviously took him like a week to watch a movie. So he's not watching that much of it each day. Yeah, that's pretty good. But, Maybe just during lunch. Yeah, but it's because they canceled Movie Monday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now he can't watch it with the crew anymore, so he has to watch the movies on his own, which is not as fun. Yeah. It's true, but it's still probably not appropriate. <laughs> nope, not at all. And on that sad note, let's move on to... We got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this, where we talk about the documentary things and also contradictions in the office. And outside of the office, in the call center. Absolutely. Which, which brings me to my first point, that the documentary crew follows Michael to his second job. Yep, at least two cameras. Yeah, too. and they surprise him, too. They just kind of follow him on the bus. I know they're tracking him in their car while he gets on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> they follow that bus because he doesn't tell them where he's going. Yeah. So they're like, where's Michael going? Let's let's go find out. What if he was going to have a, an affair with Suzanne Summers? <laughs> That'd be pretty good footage. Yeah, that would be. Maybe that's what they were going for. And then they're like, yeah, oh, that's what, you just work at no, a call center. I guess we'll do this too. <laughs> um, that's right. So there's like one point where he's getting chewed out by his boss, Mr. Figaro, in a small room. And there's still two cameras in that room, which I feel like would be a little bit weird for Mr. Figaro. <laughs> yeah. Because when he first sees them, he like calls them out and like starts talking to the camera to assure him that the business is legitimate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like he wouldn't allow that in there, but whatever. Maybe not. He's like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go yell at this guy. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> Could you get a shot of my face when I'm telling him it's a waste of time to like take a couple minutes to talk to someone on the phone? <laughs> People become really yeah. accustomed to the film crew. They must be very personable. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And like, they're like, oh, this is the film crew. They're with me. Do you mind if they just like crouch down at the end of the hallway and get like long shots of <laughs> your workplace? Yeah. Nobody has to be blurred out. Like they got consent to film or uh release of media from everyone that's true and yeah Makes on that sense. note but kind of unrelated is that you'll notice like vikram talks to michael and then one of the guys does and then this girl who's clearly dating one of the other guys also talks to him yeah but none of the other people in that area talk at all so there's like one lady sitting right next to him that even though she's there every time he's talking never speaks and then the girl who talks to him her like love interest or whatever he never speaks either and i wonder if they just didn't get paid as like speaking roles because yeah that would make sense 
Because every time someone extra. says something, it's one of those other two. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely Vikram got a nice paycheck from this episode. <laughs> oh, for sure. And some masala. Yeah. Yum. Because he, he got to eat that for free <laughs> while he was filming the episode. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so did Michael. So did uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Steve Carell. That was really cute. Um, Stanley is also interviewed while they're at the call center. I love how, um, that film crew obviously has to call him back on that phone because Michael hangs up. And so they have to call him back and be like, Hey Stanley, it's the film crew. We just wanted to interview you about your reaction to Michael calling you at night. Yep. And we're going to film the ants like the speaker phone yeah <laughs> while we talk to you yeah and i guess we're gonna go to another room so it doesn't distract anybody since everyone else in here is wearing headsets can we just use this phone <laughs> real quick great thanks oh my gosh we are destroying this episode in terms of the documentary realism and let's do it a little bit more now when we talk about how the camera crew also went to shoot farms yeah Another two cameras are there. And this was the thing I noticed the most when we're watching it this time. So there's two incidents that happen here, right? One is that, uh, so Pam gets up to go look at Moe's and he's on, he's on the, in the outhouse, right? Because they hear slamming doors. And then later on, Jim gets up because they hear moaning and he goes to talk to Dwight. Both of these scenes begin with a shot of the outside of the whole house that's filming the outside of the house like an establishing shot in a sitcom. And they begin with the light being turned on. And you hear Jim and Pam talking to each other before they go out into the hallway. So they're mic'd obviously up. Obviously, they're not going to... Yeah, they're mic'd up while they're sleeping. Like, they didn't wake up and turn their mics on. Yeah. So they're mic'd up when they're sleeping. And also, there is a camera person who is just sitting outside filming... <laughs> the outside of the house and the hours on end just in case the light turns on (laughs) which it it, it does both times and then there's another cameraman inside that meets up with jim and or pam outside and uh and then follows them to the next place they go but that is pretty wild in terms of believability yeah although maybe the outside camera was a like a game cam it was just like a they just left it yeah but still still why would they do that just yeah they would still need like the camera equipment just in case a light turns on because that's the only thing they captured both times like it that's that's pretty sitcom-y yeah it's definitely not within the the documentary realm Mm -mm. um the other thing that i like um well i i don't think you really liked that but one thing I did like. <laughs> <laughs> Those finer things, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, was they caught Pam's reaction to Daryl and Kelly making out during Ryan's meeting. Her reaction was just like, oh, my gosh, can you believe it? Pure gold. So good. She's so excited. Yeah, she, she is. Because she knows and exactly she... what's going on, too. She's like, oh, my God. Kelly's just doing this mm-hmm. for like just to get back at ryan it was an interesting moment because you don't normally think she cares that much about what's I going know. on she, it is i guess it is pretty crazy how like to make out i don't know so i think sometimes with the show starts to get crazier that that it's hard to even notice because it's like a it's like a frog boiling slowly that like how out there it is to just be making out with someone from the warehouse during like a meeting at work <laughs> 
Like, yeah, that's or pretty wild. I thought about that when uh, Michael comes into the break room, and so it's like the supervisor coming into the <laughs> break room to say, "Oh, are you guys talking about Pam and Jim having sex?" Oh yeah, like I definitely visualize like yeah. <laughs> And like, it's like that just is like wildly inappropriate to say to one employee, it, but to say it to the entire staff in front of that person. Yeah. Well, the blocking on that scene is amazing because when he walks in, Kevin is standing at the table there. So he can't see Pam when he starts talking. And then Kevin moves away, but he's looking the other way. And then yeah. the camera is like reveals that pam is in there right as he starts talking so it's it's pretty good yeah the only other documentary moment i noticed was when dwight is explaining his agritourism business and says permits pending oh and he looks (laughs) at the camera camera, yeah jim has some good looks with the camera when when they're at shoot farms as he's like talking to dwight in the room he, he looks right at the camera and then when he leaves he looks again when it starts moaning but it's also kind of a split one because when he leaves he would have been like walking right toward the camera guy but he doesn't look up at him that time yeah but they're out there just in general though not so much the documentary but i guess the whole construction of this first half of the episode is it's kind of strange because it's two different things happening outside the office one is michael working his overnight job and the other one is jim and pam going to shoot farms first off it sounds like they did a whole day at work, so I'm not sure how they were able to get so much footage of it being just daytime. Like they're out there farming and stuff. Like you know, yeah, that's what. Like they, I, had, they, I mean, that was my question too. Was why would they stay there on a weeknight? Yeah, like they would have had to go home and and change and stuff, and then and like Dwight is totally down to just leave work and go do all this, but then. The big thing is that they keep cutting back and forth between these two plots, but one of them is happening during the day and one of them, it is like the middle of the night. So it's a little bit weird because they're acting usually on the office when they're showing two plots, they're both roughly happening at the same time. Like they'll show like, oh, Michael and Dwight are out there, you know, trying to give gift baskets, but then also there's people hanging out in the office. And so like they're both happening during the day, but this one's weird because they're cutting back and forth between them, but they're obviously different times. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. And um, I thought that could have been solved pretty easily by saying that it was like the weekend or something, Mm -hmm. because that gives more of like leeway. Like, what did you do on a Saturday? You know? Right. Because if Michael's inside, you can't really tell like what time it is. But I don't know. The fact that Stanley said it's evening time and yeah, it just doesn't really line up. Yeah. And it's that they want to make it where Michael is working from what he said is 5.30 p.m. to 1 a.m. I know. On a weeknight. That's a long time. That's that's seven and a half hours after an eight hour day with only a half hour in between. That's a really long time. So essentially two eight hour days in a row and then sleeping. So you know what? Michael should have just prepared that PowerPoint thing when he was at his regular job that he gets paid for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's, that would have been the time to do it. Not at home. I know. I like how he's like, he like blamed it on like his other job. But it's like, dude, you were watching movies. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. PowerPoint. <laughs> just learn it on the clock. <laughs> make a movie or make a PowerPoint about the movie you're watching. <laughs> um, also, question. 
Yeah, go ahead. How long do you think Michael has been doing this job? Like two weeks. <laughs> you think? Because he's well, made no sales. What do you think? Well, I don't know, but he said that they pay a minimum wage against commission, which to me means if you get no commissions, you would get minimum wage. Um, and I looked it up, and minimum wage in Pennsylvania in that year was seven fifteen an hour. Oh man! And he's working seven and a half hours, but really that's probably seven because they get a meal, and I'm sure that's unpaid. So he'd be making basically fifty bucks a day. Oh no! That's probably barely fair. pay for that yoga. I know that's not going to pay for the magic sets. <laughs> no way. Um, but also, I just don't imagine Mr. Figaro would pay him $50 a night with no commissions for very long before he wouldn't want to pay him anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's why I was like, all right, well, turn in your headset. I think he's used to people. <laughs> he's used to the turnover. Don't forget to disinfect your headset. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good advice. He said, he said come back anytime. So, question. Yes. Nighttime America or irrigation? Ooh, I was thinking about this. I'm guessing nighttime has no lights, no electricity in there. <laughs> well, none of them do. That's true. They're wireless. Wire- they're completely wireless. Yeah. Um, in America, no. I think I think I'd have to go for irrigation as well. And it actually looks kind of cool. I think when when they're just like turning things, it's like oh, it's funny i think they actually named it that just because there's a pipe running through the room but i don't know it's kind of cool decor it, like it's like they got a nice wood plaque on the door it's the cutest Mattresses little don't... farm you ever did see <laughs> <laughs> they have two beds i noticed like a sitcom yeah couple. like lucy and um ricky or whatever but this i stayed in an airbnb recently my wife and I decided we'll go on a, like a romantic little getaway. And it was kind of like a house, not like this, not as rustic as this, but a house that was very quiet. <laughs> um, and I don't know that you want that when you go on a trip with your romantic partner. Yeah. I, <laughs> Just a house that's like, you're hearing all, you're like, Dwight's here, you're hearing Dwight's moans. So I don't know. <laughs> I know. I, I agree. I've had like, some similar situations where it's like you're just like you have to tiptoe around and you're like okay mm-hmm. i don't feel at home here at all you have to walk on eggshells yeah literally actually you can't even because it's too loud yeah you have to just walk on your tippy toes <laughs> yeah or avoid all the eggshells <laughs> <laughs> walk around the eggshells exactly it's not comfortable so i feel you know We'll talk about that more in characters, but uh, but I don't know if it would be that good of a Airbnb agritourism. Well, that is kind of getting popular, like on the Instagram world. People are going and visiting like these flower farms or like these ranches that do marketing on Instagram, and like people want to see what that lifestyle is like, you know. And like they're mm-hmm. small businesses, so they do like small business classes and stuff. Um, not like table making classes, but sort of. <laughs> Yeah, be like a like a wolf thing. Yeah, right kind of. Yeah, you know what I call overalls? Uh, camisoles. <laughs> no ranch dressing. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Thank you. I just thank, thought of that. Thank you. You did. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing this? Did oh, Mindy Kaling. Thinking that? really hard. Yeah, she did. <laughs> How did I come up with that mediocre joke? <laughs> 
Um, Maybe I found it in a book of 101 wacky kids jokes. Hmm. <laughs> wacky kids jokes. One of those two. I'm not sure. It's either my own brain or that. Well, do you think we should take a take a break and then and then uh, pick this episode up next time? Yeah, let's do it. I. We can talk about characters and all that jazz. Finer Things Club later. Yeah, let's do that tomorrow night. Same bat channel. Um, so yeah, go to the Instagram page, the Off Five Podcast. You gonna post anything on there? I actually just took a selfie. I'll post something right now. Nice. I'm gonna and take then, a selfie too. Yeah, send me your selfie. And then we can make a split screen of it using the Instagram layout page, and then we can tell people what we're doing. Oh. <laughs> You know, because they'll, they'll think we're quarantined because of the virus and stuff. Um, the off5podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and uh, let's read a review. Let's do a, I hold up very well to even severe scrutiny because we have some that were sent in. Okay. Um, because we told people we were going to be recording. And so we got some emailed to us directly. Um, this is a review from, from Aaron. It says, you do great work. I enjoy the segments. Great titles for them, by the way. You totally need to do a Scotch and Splenda night for Michael Scott's departure when it occurs. Just keep being awesome. Oh, yeah, Scotch and Splenda. That's really nice. That's a good idea. Sounds like a bad hangover. I'm down. (laughs) But it gets you drunk like Scotch. (laughs) Okay, and then I just also wanted to tell people that they can be a member of the Dwight Army of Champions if they want, right? Yeah, Dwight Army of Champions. It's shared on our Finer Things Club page. Yeah. On Facebook. What you do is you recommend the podcast somewhere on social media, something, some comment page. Someone's talking about another office podcast. I don't know, maybe one that's hosted by people that are on the office. And then you say, hey, I like this other one. And then and then we'll get you get to be in the army. And we're going to do nice things for our army. Give them meals and maybe like a Funko Pop or something. So if you want to do that, do it and just take a screenshot and send it to the off5p podcast at gmail.com. Okay. The off5podcast well, at gmail.com. What's that email address again? The off5podcast at... <laughs> the off5... That's right. <laughs> Popcast. <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> Where's my steak? Get me Armani. The company or... I mean, I just don't the, forget the... Just the 1-800 number. <laughs> okay. I think I got it. Here we go. 1-800. Goodbye. Bye. Wow. I love backhanded compliments. <laughs> <laughs>